Hello, this is Jude from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 12th of December. India recorded over 30,000 fresh coronavirus infections in the last 24 hours, pushing the total COVID tally over the 98 lakh or 9.8 million mark. The active caseload remained under 4 lakh and over 93 lakh people have recovered from the virus so far. Kerala and Maharashtra continue to be the biggest contributors of fresh cases, with both the states reporting more than 4,000 cases each in the last 24 hours. According to the Department of Biotechnology or DBT, India's first mRNA vaccine has received approvals for commencement of human trials. The mRNA vaccines are different from traditional vaccines as they generate a different immune response. According to the Department of Biotechnology, they are more efficacious, non-infectious, inexpensive and time-efficient to manufacture. The Indigenous vaccine candidate that got approved for trials is being developed by Genova Biopharmaceuticals. The Karnataka government announced yesterday that it had set aside 22.5 crore rupees for purchase of store medicines amid fears of a projected second wave of COVID-19 in the state. An additional 11 crore rupees has also been earmarked for the purchase of rapid antigen testing kits. The Punjab government, meanwhile, announced the extension of night curfew in the state till January 1, 2021. The chief minister of the state, Amarindra Singh, has also put curbs on the number of people at gatherings until New Year. The Uttarakhand government, in a bid to revive the state's tourism-backed economy and the COVID crisis, has written to the central government. The state's tourism minister yesterday suggested the introduction of a COVID insurance policy for tourists ahead of the age-old Kumbh Mela event that is scheduled for January. Thousands of farmers protesting the centre's laws at the borders of Delhi for over two weeks now prepared today to block the Jaipur-Delhi highways and multiple toll plazas. The chief of Bharatiya Kisan Union, Balbir Singh Rajwal, said and I quote, On December 12th, we'll block Delhi-Jaipur Road, unquote. On further intensification of the protests, he added and I quote again, on December 14th, we'll state a sit-in protest in front of DC offices, houses of BJP leaders and block Reliance Adani toll plazas. No program to stop trains, unquote. According to an Indian Express report, more than 1,500 vehicles, including 1,300 tractor trolleys from around 1,000 villages in seven districts of Punjab, are on their way to the borders of Delhi. The Kisan Mazdoor Sangharsh committee leaders have said that the new convoy is all set to replace the first batch of protesters that reached the border along Kunli two weeks ago. The second, Bharatiya Kisan Union, BKU, yesterday moved the Supreme Court against the centre's laws, claiming they would make farmers vulnerable to corporate greed. The farmers decided to renew the agitation because several rounds of talks with the centre, including the ones from two days ago, did not yield a conclusive outcome. While the centre has agreed to amend some contentious provisions in the farm laws, the farmers maintain that they want the laws to be retracted completely. Prime Minister Narendra Modi reiterated in a speech again this morning that his government was committed to helping farmers. He said the recent farm laws provide the farmers access to new markets and technology. He added that the laws would help increase investments in the agriculture sector. The Union Minister for Law and Justice Ravi Shankar Prasad yesterday urged the farmers to continue their discussions with the centre. He added that more persuasion and talks will help the farmers realise that the laws are in their interest. The police, meanwhile, tightened security arrangements in view of the fresh agitations. 
The Haryana police said in a statement that 3,500 police personnel will be deployed at five toll plazas in the area to protect toll booths and ensure smooth flow of traffic. The statement also said that station house officers and the police reserve force of the respective police stations will also be deployed and personnel will be equipped with anti-riot equipment. The Deputy Commissioner of Police in Gurgaon also said that 2,000 personnel will be deployed to stop farmers from the delhi Jaipur Highway. Dear listeners, News Laundry reporters Nidhi and Basant have been on the grounds of the farmers' protest since the farmer groups reached the borders of Delhi two weeks ago. Go to our website to check out their reports. Nidhi recently spoke to the women who have gathered at the borders of Delhi with their family members. They tell her what got them to come to Delhi and what is their role at the protests. Her report is titled, We'll Turn Delhi into Punjab, Meet Singhu's Women Protesters. We have also been posting their extensive video coverage on our social media handles. Please show Nidhi and Basant your support by sharing their video reports on your social media and family WhatsApp groups. The Karnataka government said yesterday that it will clear an ordinance to bring the Karnataka Prevention of Slaughter and Preservation of Cattle Bill 2020 into force. On Wednesday, the state government had passed an anti-cow slaughter bill in the assembly amid strong opposition by the Congress and the Janata Dal Secular. After its passing, the bill hit a hurdle in the Legislative Council on Thursday. The BJP government in the state led by CMB Sederappa had deferred tabling the bill to Friday amid apprehensions that it would get defeated in the council where it does not have a majority. However, the chairman of the council, Pratap Chandra Shetty, adjourned the winter session Thursday evening itself. This was decided in the meetings held earlier by the Legislative Business Advisory Committee. Yedarupa expressed his reservations on the abrupt adjournment of the winter session and whether BJP was also going to initiate a no-confidence motion against Chairman Shetty. He also added in I quote, We plan to bring an ordinance for the cattle slaughter bill since the chairman of the council did not cooperate yesterday, unquote. The CM's family yesterday observed a cow puja at his official residence to celebrate the passage of the bill in the assembly. The Karnataka Prevention of Slaughter and Preservation of Cattle Bill 2020 plans to ban all forms of cattle slaughter and entail stringent punishment for offenders. The current bill is a revised version of the law passed by the BJP when it was in power in 2010. According to top party leaders, the new bill intensifies prescribed punishments. Under the bill, cow slaughter has been made a cognizable offence. Offenders could attract a jail term of 3 to 7 years, while a fine between 50,000 rupees and 5 lakh rupees could be imposed on the first-time offenders. Penalties between 1 and 10 lakh can be imposed on second and subsequent offences. Two men have been arrested in Uttar Pradesh for allegedly attacking a journalist on Thursday night. According to an Indian Express report, the journalist Ashwini Nigam was attacked by the men when he was trying to pacify two clashing groups under the limits of Kalyanpur police station in Kanpur Nagar. Nigam works for R9 TV channel. Police officials said that he was attacked with a rod and suffered injuries to his head. They added that he was being treated at a hospital and was stable. Kanpur Additional Superintendent of Police, Anil Kumar, said that the accused have been booked for rioting, voluntarily causing hurt, intentional insult to provoke breach of peace, and criminal intimidation. He added that the three persons were named in the FIR, of whom two have been arrested, and strict action would be taken. The arrested accused, identified as Akhilesh Soni and Biresh Soni, were presented before the magistrate yesterday. If you think such incidents of attacks on journalists are a new phenomenon, well, allow me to break it to you. India's current ranking on the World Press Freedom Index is 142 out of 180 countries. 
According to the recently published Global Impunity Index by CPJ, 36 journalists have been killed in our country since 1992, and only two cases have actually seen convictions. Does this not send out the message that people can get away with killing journalists in our country? News Laundry has consistently been covering incidents of trespasses against the press freedom of journalists. I urge you to head to the media section of newslaundry.com after listening to this podcast. There you will find reports of how journalists have been arrested and even assaulted in the recent years for doing their job. You can also go to newslaundry.com and read the recent report by Jahangir Sofi from Jammu and Kashmir, where three journalists covering the ongoing District Development Council elections in Kashmir were beaten up by a senior police officer. The report is titled, Kashmir Police Officer Who Keeps Lecturing Media Assaults Journalists Doing Their Work. While you're there, I urge you to check out the videos, podcasts, ground reports, interviews, media critique, and much more on our website. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our dear subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. A man set a minor girl on fire in Rajasthan's Barme district yesterday and then immolated himself allegedly as part of suspected practice of sorcery or occult, Hindustan Times reported. Confirming the incident, Superintendent of Police in Barmer, Anand Sharma, said Station House Officer Nim Singh received a call from the villagers about the two bodies around 11am yesterday. Police reached the spot and found the bodies of a 10-year-old girl and one, Kisaram Bhil, a middle-aged man who claimed to be an occultist in a pitch-shaped hideout in Sujoka Nivan village. According to the complaint lodged by the girl's father, Ramachandra, Kistoram tried to pull two girls, including his daughter, into the shaped hideout while they were passing by. The other girl managed to escape and informed the villagers about the incident. However, by the time the villagers reached the spot, the accused had set Ramachandra's daughter on fire and emulated himself. Their bodies were found in the pit. Sharma said a case has been lodged under Section 302 of the Indian Penal Code. He said, and I quote, The police searched the house of the accused and found some items related to black magic. Prima facie, it appears that the accused was a black magician. Unquote. Further investigation has been ordered into the case. Now, let's move on to the international updates. COVID-19 has infected over 71.1 million people around the world, out of which more than 1.6 million have lost their lives to the virus. The United States, India and Brazil continue to have the highest active caseload globally. The US gave a green signal to Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine late yesterday. With this, the US became the sixth country to approve the two-dose vaccine regimen after Britain, Bahrain, Canada, Saudi Arabia and Mexico. President Donald Trump took to Twitter to make the announcement, where he described the news as a medical miracle. He said in a video that the first immunizations would commence in less than 24 hours. In the first phase of immunization, the US is looking to inoculate 20 million people this month. This comes at a time when the US is inching closer to a grim COVID death toll of 300,000 or 3 lakh. Mexico yesterday also cleared emergency use of the Pfizer vaccine a day after it recorded over 12,000 new cases of coronavirus. Peru today temporarily suspended clinical trials of a Chinese COVID vaccine after detecting neurological problems in one of its test volunteers. That vaccine is being developed by pharma giant Sinopharm. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization, or WHO, announced yesterday that about 1 billion doses of leading vaccine candidates had been secured as a part of the COVAX program. 
This program aims to provide vaccines for low and middle income countries. WHO Director General Tedros said that 189 countries were participating in the program. The South Korean President Moon Jae-in today described the fresh spike in coronavirus cases in the country as an emergency situation. The country launched 950 new cases in the last 24 hours. This is the highest daily count since the peak of February when 909 cases were reported in a day. Moon said and I quote We plan to extensively expand drive-through and walk-through coronavirus testing methods as preemptive measures to track down infected people and block the spread. Unquote. He also ordered the mobilization of police, military personnel and public medical doctors in an effort to contain further spread of the virus. The capital of Afghanistan, Kabul, reported a series of rocket attacks today. One casualty was reported while two people were injured. This is the second such attack to hit the Afghan capital in less than a month. Tariq Aryan, the Interior Ministry spokesperson, said that 10 rockets were fired from the Lebjar neighborhood of Kabul. He added that 3 rockets landed near Kabul airport while 7 in residential areas. The Taliban had denied its involvement in the attack and no other group has claimed responsibility for it yet. Afghanistan has been facing violent attacks in recent months despite the Taliban and the government engaging in peace talks since the month of September. On November 21st, 8 people were killed and 31 were wounded when 23 rockets hit Kabul. This attack and other recent attacks on educational institutions were claimed by the Islamic State group or ISIS. Authorities however blamed the attacks on educational centers on the Haqqani network and affiliate of the Taliban. Now for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. This week on NL Hafta, Abhinandan Sikri, Raman Kirpal, Jayashree Arunachalam and Anand Vardhan are joined by Asmita Nandi. a journalist with the quint they discuss farmer protests central vista social media love jihad and a lot more here's a snippet from their conversation i was saying broadly i think that's the problem with how the the center is looking at the farm laws as in i think the government of india has this vision for the indian economy which is very formalized very corporatized maybe possibly resembling the economies of the more developed west but in india everything is far more decentralized and far more informal so these very sweeping sort of reforms for example demonetization and gst state to state they did fail at various levels because breaking down an existing structure without knowing how to replace the structure that never really works and i think that's one of the main criticisms of the law now that the government says this will not hurt the farmer but we don't know how before i wrap up Listeners, our new website has a new podcast player that you can use to access all our podcast shows. It includes a host of features like download, speed control, queue, ability to skip to a topic within an episode, and even start from where you had stopped the previous time. So go to our website on your phone or your laptop and click on the mic icon at the top right of our homepage. That's all the news I have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.